On July 2nd, 2003, a tackle during a scrimmage game at a football camp would forever change Logan Seeley's life. He lay on the ground, motionless, as coaches and medical staff ran to his aid. He felt as if his whole body was on fire. He could see his left hand out in front of him, but he couldn't move. Immediately, Logan was rushed to a local hospital and given a steroid shot to quickly stop the swelling taking place in his body. He was then airlifted to a medical center in Seattle, Washington, to have immediate surgery. Following the surgery, Logan was faced with the heartaching news that he would never have movement or feeling from his chest down ever again. Logan was only 16 years old. Fifteen years later, Logan has turned his serious injury into a platform to help inspire others to view their own situations in a more positive light. And we're lucky enough to be speaking with him today. How you doing, Logan? I'm doing good, man. How are you guys doing? We're doing pretty good. We're doing good. Yeah. Glad to have yeah. you on with us. Yeah, thanks for joining us on the uh, podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, Candace, why don't you start us off? You you did uh, an article on Logan on the blog. and uh, I did, yes. Um our Living Healthy blog, Logan, has been featured on that. And I have to tell you, Logan, you know, you have such an amazing outlook on life. And I, I'm just wondering, have you always been this positive, or was this something that kind of came about after the tackle took place? Um, I think I was a very positive person prior to the injury. Um, but I think definitely uh, once the injury happened, I had to take a, a really hard look in the mirror and basically decide if I was going to be a, a positive person and fight and try to get through this or allow it to, you know, kind of sweep me under the rug, so to speak. And I just kind of made a decision early on that the only way I'm going to get through it is if I continue to be positive, which would allow me to get stronger, which would allow me to retain um, some of the strength that maybe I was told I couldn't have because just my belief in myself to get stronger. So uh, I think it was a little bit of both. I was a positive person, but the injury just brought out something to me that and I wasn't really aware that I had. And I'm, I'm glad I had that positive attitude because it's helped me get to where I am now. Right. Can you kind of take us back a little bit to that moment when you're on the field and you, you, that tackle happens kind of what, what was going through your mind at that point? Um, confusion, honestly, um, before that injury, I never broke a bone, never sprained anything, never pulled a muscle. I was very perfectly healthy in terms of sports injuries. Um, I had some stingers before my vision went a little blurry one time in a, in a, in a tackle during practice, but that was it. And so the tackle happens and instantly I'm, I'm on the field and I can't move, can't feel. And, uh, I wasn't even really sure even in that moment, not being able to move what happened. I thought maybe it was just a really bad stinger. Maybe I got the wind knocked out of me. Um, but as I looked at my hand and then, you know, a few seconds later go by, maybe even about a minute or so, one of our coaches, runs up and he puts his hand on top of my hand and I, I couldn't feel it. I could see it. I could speak very softly. Unfortunately, um, I, I was able to breathe on my own, which was good. Um, but it was just a very much a, what just happened kind of a moment. And it was just, it wasn't that I was scared. It was more so I was confused about what happened. And then slowly things started to come together where it's like, man, 
I think something serious just happened. And then, you know, it was just a whirlwind of being in and out of uh, a drug state, being flown to a hospital and just the surgery. And then finally the doctors tell me what happened and it was just kind of crazy. Was your family there at the scrimmage when this happened or how did they play into it? No, they weren't. My family was not there. It was at a camp in Ellensburg, Washington, which from my house where I lived was about a two and a half hour drive and was at football camp in the summer for high school. And, uh, from what I have been told is that my head coach, John Roback, he called my dad and told him what had happened. And uh, then my dad had uh, told my stepmom. And then um, I think my mom found out and she called my brother. And then my girlfriend and her mom found out. And it kind of just spread like wildfire without family and friends and close close people to me. And, and uh, they all somehow made the trek out to the hospital uh, when they could actually see me because it was such a serious injury. They had to stabilize my spine and, and set things before, prior to surgery and stuff that uh, it was a big, it was a big shock for all of us. So yeah, no, the only people who were there were, were, were my coaches and teammates. That had to have been incredibly scary. Tough experience to go through. Definitely. From what I, yeah. I mean, yeah, from what I've heard, it was, it was very strange, but my dad told me a story uh, that was kind of, it's, it's weird the way things work out when something like that happens is usually the, the trip from where we live up to Seattle, where I was staying at the, the hospital, Harborview, um, that trip to Seattle is an hour and a half trip with traffic. It's just a nightmare. Um, and it took him, he said about 35 minutes. There was just no traffic. Hmm. He just got in his car and just drove and there's just no traffic. It was like, it was just meant to be that he was supposed to get there soon. Um, and that kind of blew my mind. And, and there's so many little stories like that um, throughout my story that just kind of don't really make sense, but they happened. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you, well, that still story, I think, illustrates your, uh, you look for the silver lining in situations, it uh-huh. seems like. And that kind of yeah. uh, speaks to, you have this, um, I guess, a quote that you uh, like to focus on, and it's about the 1090. So I guess the quote is by Charles Swindle, and it goes, life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. Um, can you kind of tell me what that quote means to you or how you found that? Yeah, that quote has been my saving grace, so to speak. And uh, it just happened to be when I was laying in the hospital bed, my high school coach, and I, I said his name before, but again, his name's John Roback. He, uh, he just came to me when I was laying in the hospital bed a few days after injury and just said, Logan, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a quote. I said, okay, coach, what is it? And he says that quote, you know, and, and when he first told it to me, it was just like, that's awesome coach. You know, I'm, you know, thanks for letting me know, but I'm not really sure what that does for me right now. Uh, but as the days turned to weeks, turned to months doing therapy and, and just coming to the realization that what happened to me was much more serious than what I thought it just kind of started to dawn on me that, you know, it doesn't matter what happened. I can't change the past. I can't go back and, and, and change what happened to me. All I can do forward or all I can do is move forward um, with a positive mindset that things will get better. And that's where that 90% comes from is that, you know, it doesn't matter what happens to you, whether it's physical, emotional, financial, whatever it is, those things happen. And, And the only thing you can do is move forward and try to fight to get better each and every single day, no matter how hard, that fight might be and that's kind of been built into me and it's my branding it's the title of my book it's the name of my business my speaking business and 10 and 90 is just such an important thing to me that if I ever have a down day I can think about that and it helps me get through it. Logan can you uh, actually speak a little tell us a little bit about your 10 and 90 foundation? 
Yes, that'd be um, awesome. Yeah, so I recently founded a, a nonprofit entitled the 10 and 90 Foundation. I uh, just launched um, December, January timeframe. And, and the three primary focuses of the foundation, and, and the reason I started is because I want to be able to give back to the community uh, that helped me so much. Um, I want to form an athletic scholarship for the local high schools because sports were a big part of my life, uh, especially growing up, going through school. Um, uh, school was a big part of my life as well. So, you know, I want to make sure that the, the scholarship is not just for a stellar athlete, but also a student athlete, you know, somebody who, who takes the time and, and puts forth the work to study and get good grades and make sure that's very important. Um, I also want to be able to just give back to the schools who might not have the income to provide good equipment and gear for whatever sport that might be, not just football. Uh, and the last focus area focus is specifically for people who have spinal cord injuries. Going through what I went through was challenging. It still is challenging on a on a day-to-day basis. And if I can do something to help alleviate some financial stress on a family to buy uh, a bed for someone, to help build a wheelchair ramp, to buy a new wheelchair, to just do anything to help that person's life uh, get better in, in any way, whether or not it's me just talking to them, if that's possible, or giving some financial assistance, uh, I'd love to be able to do that. Great. So we're on the phone here with uh, LA Fitness member Logan Seeley. Uh, he suffered a, a spinal cord injury playing football many years ago, about 15 years ago now. How did you get involved in fitness after your accident? I was a gym rat prior to the injury because of football and in all the different sports I was a part of. And uh, it was just something where when I was doing rehab, I, I started to treat it almost as though I was still a football player where, you know, like, yeah, I got to wake up at six in the morning and, and go do two hours of rehab. But this rehab consisted of me just trying to lift up my shoulder blade off of a therapy mat. And so when I started to kind of tweak it in my mind that it was more of a workout, I started to look at things differently. And uh, about, I think it was about two years after the injury, after I had graduated high school, when I went to college, um, there was like a laundry room slash workout facility that I could, you know, it was like a 30 second walk to get over there. And, uh, I would just start working out with the limited strength that I had and I was able to get some strength back. And I finally graduated college. And when I moved back home, it was just like, man, I need to, I need to get to the gym. And I was able to drive myself to the gym at that time as well. And, and now it's just a part of my, my daily routine and, and working out has always been very important to me. And especially now, um, if I were to just give up working out, I'm not sure if I would continue to progress in my recovery to eventually walk again. So working out is just a very important part of my life. And, and LA Fitness has always been a, a great gym to me, and I'll continue to go there as long as I can. All right, so can you uh, update? Right now, are you in a wheelchair? Are you bound to a wheelchair? Or how do you how do you actually work yeah, out still, when you get to the gym? Yeah, I still use a wheelchair. Um, to, that's a two-part question. So I still do we use the wheelchair on a day-to-day basis when I'm at work, when I go to the gym. Um, if I'm going to the grocery store, it's just, it's much quicker. I can walk around with like a walker. Um, it's just, it's a lot slower. So if I wanted to walk around the grocery store, I'm not even sure if I'd be able to get groceries and walk at the same time. That'd still be a big challenge for me. Um, when I go to the gym, I usually get out of the wheelchair to get on whatever machine I'm doing or to get on like a freeway bench to use dumbbells and whatnot. So pretty much the only time I'm in the chair at the gym is just moving from workout to workout. Um, that's, that's pretty much about it. Or if there's, you know, some sort of a, a machine where I can use, um, 
like uh, a rope pull down to do tricep extensions or something. I'll just stand up out of the chair and then do extensions. So usually I'm out of the chair or just moving around and going from workout to workout. What's kind of uh, your workout routine typically? What do you like to do when you go into the gym? Um, it depends on the day. Uh, this I'll kind of guess I'll go through the, the week on Mondays. I do uh, chest and back and always try to end with a little bit of ab work uh, and core stuff. On Tuesdays, I'll do shoulders and arms and I'll end with core work. On Wednesdays is kind of my, my tweaked leg day, if you will. So um, I've been to a couple of different LA fitness gyms and they both seem to have like a hand crank bike machine. And I'll do that for my cardio. And 30 minutes later, I'm dead tired. But then I got to push myself around. So it's almost like I'm doing more more of a workout, even just getting around after that. Um, but I can do some leg extensions. I can do uh, some of the leg squats uh, and the leg press machines, depending on which which way I'm supposed to be pushing. If I'm kind of on my back pushing up, that's a little bit harder. But if I'm more sitting down and pushing out in front of me, I can do that. Um, I'll just stand in the squat rack and just kind of hold on to the bar for balance and just stand up and do like five sets of 10. I'm just standing up and sitting down, standing up and sitting down. Um, pretty much anything I can do just to get my legs moving. And then on Thursday, I repeat Monday and Friday, I repeat Tuesday's workout. Wow. So you're in the gym five days a week. I am. Yeah. At about five 30 in the morning. Oh days. man. An early a morning person. Oh yeah. my goodness. That's well, Congratulations guy, man, on that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, was that was it... going after work one time and it was awful. <laughs> yeah, uh, was there ever a time after the accident where you couldn't even envision yourself working out like you do now? Um, probably. I mean, I had those days where it was just like, this sucks. I mean, I can't do this. I can't do that. Now what? But I'm not sure if there's ever a day where it's like, man, I'm not going to be able to work out again. I always had that. I guess just that weird, strange belief in myself that I would be able to do certain things again and working out was always part of it. Um, but I will say though, it was the first time I went back to the gym, um, by myself was very, I guess the best word to describe it was embarrassing. It was nerve wracking. It was like, man, how am I going to do anything? Because I could barely pick up, uh, like a five pound dumbbell. It's like, how, how am I going to do anything if I can't pick up any weights? But sure enough, over time I got stronger and stronger and and uh people would you know ask if i needed help here and there and sometimes i'd oblige but i'm very much i like to do everything by myself so don't ask me for help kind of a thing <laughs> um but yeah over the years it's just gotten better because i've allowed myself to to get through that frustration and that awkwardness of being embarrassed and just say who cares and i'm here to work out right um logan did you ever have some sort of mentor when you were going through your rehabilitation that you know helped instill this attitude in you um, my high school coach was very, and still is very important to me. Um, we still meet once a month and have breakfast and just chat. He's one of the board members on the foundation. Um, but I would say the person who probably helped me through the most of it is, is my wife at the time. She was just my girlfriend. Um, she was always there and still always is there. Um, just to be that, that voice of reason, whether or not that is, you know, empathy or, you know, get off your lazy butt and go do it kind of a thing. Um, she's always been my, I guess, my strength to continue, even if I didn't think I could. So she's been a very part, a very important part of my life. That's great. So you actually, you ended up marrying your, your high school sweetheart then? I did. She's actually my junior high sweetheart. Oh, wow. <laughs> you don't yeah, hear about that much these was, days. 
Yeah, I know. Started dating when I was 13 years old, and uh, a couple years went by, and the injury happened, and she she stuck with me through thick and thin, and now we're married and have a six-year-old daughter, and I couldn't be happier. That's so great. So with uh, wrapping up here, I mean, you have an amazing story. Obviously, you're chugging along through life like any kid up till 16, and then this tragic accident happens uh, that changes your world forever. You may, you find this positive attitude within you to kind of uh, this uh, 1090 mindset that we talked about, um, and you continue to still do, to exercise, to work out, to still do some of the things you love. Um, is there any... Any advice, I guess, you would give to people out there that are either struggling with their own injury or are just can't find the motivation to work out? Because a lot of people, it's a chore. Where for you, it's it seems like it's a relief and it's something you look forward to doing. Yeah, that's tough. I've had a lot of people ask me that. How you know, I do a lot of motivational speaking. I've had people ask me, you know, like I'm going through this, that, and the other. How do I push through it? And I, it, it all boils down to your your own individual willingness to move forward. You know. Life can suck sometimes, I know firsthand, uh, but you have to really find that inner strength and, and find something to believe in and find something to attain, to achieve that's going to continue to help you move forward. For me, it's always been, I just want to get back on my feet. And then now that I have a daughter, I want to be able to walk her down the aisle when she gets married. Um, I, I want to do a lot of things in my life and it's going to take a lot of work to get there. But I think the thing that boils down to is just try to set goals, uh, whether they're big or small. Um, if you set a small goal and you continue to attain those goals, it helps you push forward to those big goals. Um, and just try to believe in yourself and, and always be positive and, and good things will happen. And I've always said, um, if you do believe in yourself, the power of, of your mind, the power of the brain is, is so amazingly powerful that if you just simply believe something will happen, then I believe that it will happen no matter how long or how hard that might be to achieve but if if you doubt yourself if if you think it won't happen then that is exactly what's going to happen is that you won't achieve whatever it is you're trying to attain so just always stay positive and and fight to get better every single day no matter how hard it might be because in the end things will work out all right well uh thank you for joining us logan we really appreciate it uh if people want to know more about your story they can either visit our blog blog blog.lafitness.com um or they can also, uh, you have a book, right? I, I do, yes. Yeah, and what's the name of the book? Uh, the name of the book is 10 and 90, Tackle That Changed Everything. And uh, they can just go to 10 and 90, which would be 10and90.com, and uh, they can find more inf- information about me, uh, the book, and, and even the foundation if, if people would like to get involved. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us on the program, Logan. And before we get out of here, we're going to introduce a brand new segment called Follower Follow-Up, yes. where we follow up with one of our followers, comments or questions on social media. So, Andrew, what do we got? Well, this week, we got our very first question, first of all, Candace. So, woohoo! Yay! Uh, that's good. Um, it comes from at RGL Steffi, and she asks, how bad is it for you to break your diet on the weekend if you maintain a good diet and exercise during the whole week? Ooh, that's my problem. Yeah, no, definitely. I uh, I could see binging on the weekend. So this one's pretty interesting. It's basically like if you work hard during the week, can you kind of take a break on the weekend? So uh, we gave this question over to our expert dietitian, Debbie James, and here's what she said. Well, of course, everyone's response to that is going to be a little bit different. We've always said that you could follow, say, an 80-20 rule, whereas if you really watch what you eat 80% of the time, 
that then 20% of the time you should have some flexibility and leeway to just not have to think about all those grams and calories and cups and things like that. Uh, now, I don't know about a whole weekend versus five days, but so 20% would be one every five days or one meal out of two days. I like to think of it in smaller increments than saving up for the whole, whole weekend. I wouldn't say that there's a deficit if you exercise a lot and watch what you eat that that gives you more room to eat on the weekends because if you're eating more than you need for those 48 hours, that could still be stored as fat um, if you have extra calories. Well, thanks, Debbie. Uh, I am not going to lie. I'm a little bit disappointed. I thought that calories didn't count on the weekends, but uh, I'm <laughs> glad with the do. advice. <laughs> so if you have a question that you'd like to send us, go ahead and leave it on one of our social channels. Yeah, Instagram. Perfect. Twitter. Facebook. Yeah. Uh, YouTube even. We throw these up on YouTube. Go to the comment section. Let us know. Yes. Use the hashtag Living Healthy Podcast. Or if you have an inspirational story that you'd like to share, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. Living Healthy Podcast. Hashtag. That way we can find you. Yes. And until next time, we'll see you in the gym and talk to you soon.